When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello there. My name is Miles Jupp. And I'm just interrupting you as you listen to whatever it is that you actually want to listen to to tell you about the second series of Middle Please Umpire. Middle Please Umpire is a podcast that I, Miles Jupp, if you weren't concentrating when I first introduced myself only moments ago, that's not a criticism, your thoughts are your own and you must focus them wheresoever you yourself choose, host with Mark Wood, the 95 mile an hour bowling, England playing, World Cup winning, Northumberland hailing cricket lunatic Mark Wood. It's another series of episodes of the two of us talking about cricket and indeed any other stuff that springs to mind both with each other and also with a succession of frankly illustrious guests. We lift the lid on Mark's life as an international sportsman, basically he spends a lot of time icing himself, and take you on a whistle-stop journey through the windmills of his mind. I, a mere fan, listen agog, giggle excitedly, and try and draw comparisons with my own rather more mundane existence. All episodes of Middle Please Umpire are available right now from your favourite podcast providers. Welcome to the Chills. Oh, that was a long international break. I was getting really excited though. Couldn't wait for us to start playing football again. Oh my God, it was feeling like the start of a new season. It seemed that long, the international break. And helping me discuss this time away and then the time we had once football came back to play havoc with our minds, it's Mr Andy Saunders. It's going to be fun, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, okay. Um, Now, look, I just want to say there may be moments in this podcast today where I kind of am a bit cross with certain players, but it is only about their performance in one game. This isn't a diatribe against them on my part for them as people or players generally. No, I think that's acceptable. You know, (laughs) I, I understand why you're giving the disclaimer because we don't like... Slagging individual players, uh, that's not what we do, but I, I think it's perfectly fine to critique individual performances in individual games without 
abuse or uh, without getting carried away too emotionally. Yeah, exactly. So, so you know what's coming, everybody. <laughs> but yeah, it, it will be critiqued and it, it will be thought through. It will be, uh, yeah, it, it's not just going, oh, well, of course we should have sold him years ago. I don't know why he's in the squad. It's not that kind of uh, criticism we'll be giving. Uh, I think there's um, a lot of interesting points to come out. But can I just go to, to that space of the International Week? And we, we're not going to talk about what we think of it. We've done We've done that enough. But did you on, were you counting the days off? Because there was something about, I could not really last more than about eight minutes of any international match. Didn't Um, watch anything. I heard that Mason Mount scored. Um, And so I had a look at that on on the interweb and saw his goal. Um, But, you know, I don't care. I just don't care. Um, So I just sort of had a break from football, really. But yes, I was very much looking forward to getting back into it. And I think it's the momentum thing, isn't it? I think when you stop the momentum of a really good run, it's so frustrating because this is what can happen. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get to that in a minute. I wouldn't mind starting off with with a little discussion I I wouldn't mind having. And I I don't know whether you're the same, but over the last couple of years, and I don't talk about it enough on here, uh, the last couple of years... I've really grown into loving the Chelsea women's team. I watched them a hell of a lot. I've watched pretty much all their games. And actually, they were. If people haven't seen them, they really are worth watching because they're a bit like the Harlem Globetrotters at the moment. They play such beautiful football. Um, And actually, this period, away from the international break... We have had some fantastic football from the women's team, um, especially in the matchup with Wolfsburg in the Champions League, uh, which was incredible. I don't know if you got to see any of it at all, Andy. I must confess I didn't. I did catch the last, I think, five minutes of the Wolfsburg game because I was kind of you know, messing about on social media and people were getting excited about it. So I flicked it on and the last five minutes was a sort of rear guard action, but they were winning. Um, I think this was the first leg that I was watching. Um, and, yeah, it was exciting. Um, I haven't. I mean, not not because I have no interest. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I think that the development and the uh, growth of women's football and, and our women's team is fantastic. I went, to see, I went to see us play in the Women's FA Cup final a few years back uh, with my daughter, uh, and, and that was great. Um, and obviously we've had Emma Hayes on this podcast before and, and she's a friend She's a friend of the show. Um, I'm a big supporter of the women's team. I, ju- I just haven't had the time to sit down and watch it. But no, I hear it's amazing. So I, I will carve out some time and watch them. Now, now that they're doing really well and I can be a bit of a glory hunter, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely watch them. No, I mean, they are quite incredible. If you imagine a team that seems to have... There's so much flair in the team. I mean, they've got players. I mean, you see Fran Kirby play, and she plays passes, you know, looking one way, passing the other way. Her understanding with Sam Kerr is incredible, who has just turned into this goal machine. We we bought the the most expensive striker in the world in Penilla Harder, just about. Um, and she's playing second fiddle to Sam Kerr, who's taken a year to really develop. But, oh, my gosh, I mean, that Wolfsburg game... To, to win that second leg 3-0 and to win against Wolfsburg, who we've played eight times 
and lost eight times to. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, it's, I think what's really interesting is 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 to see where the women's team are now and where they were only five years ago, when it when it felt like it was very much an amateur proposition, um, where it was us throwing a bone uh, to women and going, go on, then have a go. Um, and, you know, here's a, here's a sort of corner of a changing room. Um, and, you know, you can use the pitch occasionally. To us sort of giving them their own stadium at King's Meadow and really investing in the team, proper transfer fees, really, you know, full-on professional setup now. And, and that's, that's the, the sort of pace of that's been so quick, you know, when you think about it. And, and it leads you to think, where's it going to be in another five years? Um, because it's a, clearly a massive growth sport, not just here, but around the world. Yeah, and, and th- there's so many things to love about the game. There's a lot of flair players. OK, you get quite a discrepancy between teams still. Um, you know, Chelsea played Birmingham yesterday and won 6-0, and it could have been 10 or 12. Um, but you do see more and more teams are becoming competitive. There's money coming into it. They, they've just announced this TV deal, mm. which brings in millions into the women's game. Um, it's changing and it's evolving the whole time. The interesting thing is that Chelsea are right at the forefront, that they are one of the grand teams that are coming good. And in Europe... Well, very early on, we did, we did, we did make that commitment as a, as, a, as a club, didn't we? Abramovich yeah. and, and, and the board basically said they were going to invest in women's football. And I think, I think as much as that's a, you know, a, a nod to diversity and a nod to wanting to be an inclusive club, another thing was commercial. There's a huge... Um, you know, there's a huge swathe of women supporters out there that, you know, that are willing to, you know, to buy into it. And, and, and that's of interest to sponsors and commercial partners. You know, there's a financial reason to do this as well. And in, and in five years' time, I can see this becoming, you know, a really serious proposition. I think the one thing that people need to realise with the women's game is it's a different game. It isn't paid, played with the same physicality. It's not played in the same way as the men's game you know and you're a big tennis fan and a you know a tennis expert you, you would probably say that about the men's tennis and the women's tennis it's a slightly different game isn't it yeah totally i mean it just it's always going to be because of physique there's, there's all sorts of things um it is a different game i like it because it's fast flowing a lot of the time it's all about movement it's all about guile for a lot of the players especially the attacking players and the midfield players you know G is incredible in midfield and loopholes these players just are so good to watch if you can imagine a team with lots of flair if you picked your top teams it would have Zola and Nevin uh, and Charlie Cook in it those kind of players who can do the wonderful things it's also, I don't think that the women's game is a cynical game like the men's game can be at times. Um, it, maybe it will change and maybe it will evolve. Uh, but I, I love watching it. The, the football is free-flowing. It's just, yeah, it's just, it is a different game. It's like going and watching cricket or rugby, I guess. It, it, well, women's are... cricket is, 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 is a, another huge growth game. You know, yeah. and again, it's a slightly different game. But um, it, it, I think people are realising that there's a huge audience for that, and women's cricket has now done a big TV deal, and and you know is growing in in popularity, particularly on the subcontinent, but over here as well. Those those um, those women cricketers that won the World Cup are, you know, are superstars in in their own field. So I think it's great that we are developing different aspects of the game. You know, put aside the fact that it's men and women and. 
you know, just, just different aspects for different audiences, and and there's a, there's something for everybody in, in the game. I think that I think that's great. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. Um, absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. It's worth watching. If you've never watched it, watch it. Because the other thing and is, where can, can people watch it? Well, you can watch it uh, in the games. UK. In the UK, you can watch it on BT Sport. The BBC often has the red button. Also, the FA has the FAplayer.com, I think it is. Right. And you can watch absolutely every single women's game. So you can go on there and choose, and it's free as well. It's fantastic. I watched Chelsea Birmingham on it yesterday, and that was absolutely wonderful. Um, so, you know, yeah, get out there. Go and have a, have a look at this team, because as Emma Hayes said uh, after the Wolfsburg match, that was the biggest win in Chelsea's history. She's talking about Chelsea FC women's history, of course, um, but it was big. And they now play a semi-final against Bayern Munich or Rosengard. And I think it'll probably be Bayern Munich. But, um, yeah, I mean, gosh, can you imagine... So you say if- Chelsea FC women, it's not Chelsea women FC. It's, is that how you say it? Chelsea FC women? Yeah, I mean, that's apparently how they write it on the website. I'm just having right. a look now. They've, they've titled Chelsea FC women. Right. Um, so, yeah. And it's not ladies anymore? No, ladies is gone. Right. It's women. Well, um, that's good. So, yeah. Exactly. Oh, well, that's good. Well, thanks for highlighting that, because I think yes. that's, um, you know, something something that people should probably have a look at, including myself, you know. So, yeah, it, it's uh, worth it. I say, it's not, it's not for any other reason. It's just I haven't got around to it, really. But I'll certainly, you know, take your enthusiasm and, uh, and, and check it out. And also, the other, the, the down part is that they sometimes have to play their matches at strange times, like the game against Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg was at half 12 on a, on a Wednesday. So, mm. you know. All right. Well, look, Andy... <laughs> That's that's kind of as much time as we dare use up before. Well, can I just can we just talk about the fact that it's snowing at the moment? Oh yes, yeah, sorry, we we had snow for a couple of hours. It's, it's snowing, now man. Gone. It was lovely yesterday. We sat outside and had lunch outside yesterday, and now it's snowing. What's happening to the world? Uh, I tell you, it's nuts. This kind of sums everything up for me. You know, three days last week, I was able to wear shorts, sit in the garden, eat, read, do gardening and things, um, and. Today I went out with the dog, and it's bitter. Baltic. And then it started. Yeah, absolutely. And then it started snowing. Um, if there's no clearer indication that there is a climate issue at the moment, weird. Um, you know, it is. Is it cold there as well? Freezing. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because I mean, often, often I go. I've got a, a, a house up in Norfolk, as you know, and, and I often go up to Norfolk East. And I, I can't this year because it's being renovated. But um, yeah, I've had I've been on the beach at East on Easter Sunday. I've it's snowed. It's a funny old time of year, Easter. You know, it's it, it is often sort of a weird anomaly in the weather. Uh, not that people are tuning into a Chelsea podcast to listen to us bang on about the weather, but it is odd, you know. So, so there you go. So you're right. We've eaten up a lot of time talking about women's football and the, and, and the weather. We should probably brace ourselves, strap ourselves in, and dive into the well into into whatever that was on Saturday. Okay, so here we go. I, I guess we should probably start with the team. Mm. Surprising for you um, when you look at it. 
Well, surprising is probably not the right word. I mean, there were a couple of players in there that didn't play, and, and you think, for obvious reasons, Mason Mount wasn't playing. He played a lot of the England games uh, during the international break. Uh, Kante had picked up a knock, obviously, during the stupid international break for France, um, and I think that was annoying, uh, if anything. Uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi wasn't in the team. Uh, Chilwell had also played a lot of England games. Uh, Kai Havertz wasn't in the team. Uh, so you ended up with Mendy in goal. Uh, a back three of uh, Aspilicueta, Thiago Silva coming back after a long injury layoff, uh, and Kurt Zuma as a back three. Alonso came back in as the left wing back with James as the right wing back. Uh, a pairing of Jorginho and Kovacic uh, as the double six in the middle, and then Ziyech and Pulisic uh, behind Werner uh, up front. So, you know, you look at that team and you think that's a team that's good enough to beat. Uh, the team that's second from bottom and struggling in the league and looking like nailed on relegation candidates. So I wasn't overly concerned when when that was revealed. Were you? Uh, no, I wasn't. I could understand it. Um, my my one concern was not so much for the team, but was for Kante. You, you know, before the international break, we had seen a few weeks of a masterclass from Kante, and he thought, "Oh my God, that player." that we talked about perhaps even selling last year is now back as the player from two, two and a half years ago. He's been magical. He's been wonderful. And for him to get a hamstring injury in the training is session, that what it I is? think I it was. I don't even know what it was. Was yeah, it a hamstring? Hams- hamstring. Oh, um, we, we, before the actual French game, I think it was, you think, okay, this could be all right. Could just be precautionary. But, him not appearing against West Brom made me think, okay. And then you hear he's not going to be able to play against Porto either. You you go, oh, this could be not very good for us. Because I just think he is, when he is on the form that he's been on, he is the whole glue. He yeah, actually he is. is. Him what and you build. Yeah, yeah. Uh, him, him and, Mel. and and I think when both of them are missing, it's a it, it, it's a it's a big hole in the team. And Kante particularly, I think it, it was missing from this game, giving us that steel, that energy, that 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 um, just that protection in midfield, and uh, and that sense of of security that that we have when he's in the team. You see, I and mean, we've banged on about international football, and again, we're not going to do that. But players coming back injured is so frustrating, so frustrating. Not only do you lose the momentum of the run, but you know when you're key players come back injured it just makes me hate it it really does yeah and i i'm with you and and you do fear it, you look at all the little websites that report what's going on in these games and you see who's playing and who's not playing and and yeah you you're kind of fingers crossed hoping everyone comes back fit mm. so yeah it's, it it was sad news um but, but still, think, you look at that team and you think, well, they're pretty much, they're all international players in that team. Um, they're all, you know, expensive and elite players. There's nobody in that team that you look at and you think, well, that's taking a bit of a risk. Everybody in that team has, has played football at the highest level and, and been revered at the highest level, internationally and domestically. So there's no, there's no reason why, why that shouldn't have been a comfortable win against as I say, nailed on relegation candidates. The only caveat that I have to add to all of that was, yes, we should win with anybody who plays from our first team squad against West Brom, as long as we set ourselves up right mentally. Um, And my fear was, and we'll get to the red card and everything in a minute, but 
My, my fear is always with these games, don't be complacent. And we, again, it was, it was the classic case of because we had a change side, it always takes 10 or 15 minutes for everyone to settle into place. And you thought, OK, we're just starting to get into it. And we didn't quite get there. You know, we scored the goal, which is great reactions from, from uh, Pulisic to get in there and get that ball in. It was much harder than it wasn't just a simple tap in, was it? And you thought, OK, we've got the goal. We're probably, you know, now able to get in the ascendancy. But from that moment on, it was it was a it was an awful performance. Um, I don't know how much we can. Okay, let's talk about Thiago Silva. People say, "Oh, he should never have come back." Oh, you know, we should have picked our first team. Hold on, Thiago Silva has been a leader for this team since he's come to Chelsea. Because of him, I think Christensen's got better because he's worked with him all the time. Because of him, Rudiger has come back into the side and looked a much better player. Because of him, he calmed Zuma down in those opening 12 weeks or whatever when they were the partnership. And he got him to become a better player. So I had absolutely no problem Thiago Silva coming back in for this game, which is obviously he was meant to come in for an amount of time and obviously get a sighter for Porto in midweek. Um, so yeah, no problems with that. Sadly, I think, I think he got rusty. He was rusty and I think he got dropped in it, you know, especially with the second yellow. That was a ball from Jorginho. Well, been, hey, well, let's stop yeah. for a second there. Okay. All right. You know, you're, you're, you're kind of conflating two things here, which is G- Jorginho and silver, right? Which is, yes, I think he was probably put up, well, I dropped in it is one way of looking at it. Put under pressure is another way of looking at it. <laughs> okay. I think he was put under pressure by that. And, you know, and, and there's there's no glory in, in, in what um, either, you know, Rhys James or Jorginho or anybody did in the lead up to his red card. The fact of the matter is a player of his class and his international pedigree should have dealt with that and not gone flying in two-footed ridiculously on the edge of the area when you'd already been booked. He panicked, you know, there's no excuse for Kerry. Absolutely no, no excuse for I what agree he did. With you. So I agree. we can look at Jorginho and go, it was his fault. And, you know, yes, of course. I mean, Jorginho was rank. And, we'll, you know, if you want to talk about Jorginho, we can. He was rank throughout that game. You know, some of the decision making he did, some of the, you know, lack of, of composure he had on the ball, his decision making in terms of where he passed it, his putting other players under pressure. Absolutely. I, I give you all of that. Thiago Silva should have dealt with that and didn't. That was shameful by a player of his ability. Yeah, that's what that was where I was going with that, that he gets dropped in it or, however, put under pressure. But the reaction from a man who's got a yellow card already to to come off the ground in that way. And mate, a, I, oh, honestly. It was, it was honestly. just it, it was you wouldn't expect the most inexperienced player at Chelsea. To do that, he I'm panicked. harsher on players of of that ability when they do that. Much harsher. I mean, a callow sort of developing player doing that. You know, if Callum Hudson-Odoi had done that, or even Mason Mount had done that, you, you'd shake your head and go, "Well, that was terrible." But hopefully, you'll learn from it. I mean, you're 36 years old. Yeah. It's like you've seen that. You've seen it, done it, been there, done everything. Why would you make that decision? Now, maybe you could argue that Jorginho shouldn't have put him under pressure, that Kurt Zuma's challenge could have been a little bit more decisive. But still, I think in the final analysis, there was no excuse for what he did. 
Now, you know, I think the reason I'm harsh on him because he's such a great player. He's such an iconic player. And I think you you look at that and you think, what were you thinking? Rusty or not, there should have been a level of muscle memory there that prevented you from such a rash challenge in that area. Because, yeah, you had to stop him. But I don't know, Kerry. I just think that everything that went wrong in that game stemmed from that moment. Yeah, I think so. I don't think we were at the races. And once we were down to 10... For, for a, a short while, you thought, oh, actually, we're starting to look livelier. But, yeah, it didn't pan out like that. And, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think Thiago Silva, yes, there were all these mistakes around him. Well, that's what Thiago Silva does is stay calm in the middle of the panic and sort it out. And he really didn't. It was a bad decision. Um, uh, and I think we suffered because of that. And it, it's it's such a tragic waste to be in this situation whereby he's he's done something like that. So, yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. Um, I think so many people had a poor game. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd like to, you know, not single out. But, okay, my, my thoughts on Jorginho and Kovacic. When they play against top sides, they get time. They don't get attacked. They don't get bullied. They don't get pressurised. People don't come and try and play through them. And surprisingly I think that's what everyone thought West Brom would just sit back and try and defend actually West Brom tried to play football and actually it caused real problems for Cover and Jorginho and I don't think they were expecting it and I just don't think they could raise their game to to be defensive minded against this side I think when we've got the ball and we can pass it and Cover can go on his runs and things and look to try and play it left and right it's fine. It works really well as a two. But I think Sam Allardyce saw something and pushed everyone up and pressurised them in a way they, they hadn't thought was going to happen. I we know really this. Think, yeah, we know this, don't we? We, yeah. we, know, we know that if you put Jorginho under pressure and neutralise his ability to play the simple ball, to, to be the outlet then that causes pressure in the midfield. Kovacic, I think, is very good on the ball. He's very good with the ball at his feet and under pressure normally. don't think he was great in this game. Um, but he's not a natural outlet like Jorginho is. And, and you know, we've seen that. We, we, we saw the first time it happened was, you know, against Spurs at Wembley. That's the first time it happened. And he thought, oh, that's an issue. And I'm always very surprised when people don't do it because when you have a player on Jorginho or a press on Jorginho, it often results in mistakes being made and... And the outlet not being there and it becoming a lot more difficult for Chelsea to break the press and to transition. Uh, and that's what happened. You know, Big Sam, for all his, you know, for all his comedy qualities, you know, he's been there, seen it and done it. A bit like Thiago Silva. Um, and he knows how to how to neutralise teams. You know, he's not necessarily the greatest flair manager. He's not an attacking genius. But what he does do is is set up teams to neutralise. And he neutralised Jorginho. And Jorginho couldn't deal with it. And, and you know, Jorginho was really poor. Really, really poor in that game. You know, I'm not a, a Jorginho hater. I'm not a J5 hater at all. I think that in certain games, he can be the difference. I genuinely do think that breaking the press and breaking the transition can come through him. In this game, it 
it didn't, and he didn't deal with it very well. From the very beginning, he was misplacing passes and putting us under ridiculous pressure when when, when he shouldn't have done. Um, and I think if you'd have had Kante in the midfield, um, I, don't, I don't think that we would have been making those that level of errors. Yeah, I don't think we'd have been overrun in the way we were. Cause no. At first they were pressurising and then they also started getting the confidence to play it through and around them. And that really flummoxed them. Well, it did when uh, we went down to 10. That's easier yeah, to do when, you, ex- when you're down to 10. Of course, I mean, but they you, took you would, advantage, You would expect them they? to do that, Kerry, when, 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 when we were down to 10 to get on the front foot. Um, you know, so, so that... that you know that that that's a consequence of of only having ten men. You know you could that gives you that that extra man to be able to do that. So of course they're going to grow in confidence and do that. And they did it very well. And credit to West Brom, their tails went up. They they put us under pressure, and we couldn't deal with it. I'm psychologically and technically, uh, strategically, we were all over the place. That was a dreadful, dreadful performance, and, and hopefully a wake up call not just to the team but to Thomas Tuchel and to the whole group because we cannot play like that again no and and in some ways it's always this thing with long runs everyone oh the run is broken sometimes strangely it probably does you some good because it's a reality check um i think i think you know we have been punching above our weight in certain ways in the fact that we're not taking our chances we're not probably the the goals to shots ratio is not very well balanced and and you do think Okay, we've got wins where sometimes it might have been a draw, possibly even a loss. That happens. You know, this is a a difficult time for everybody yeah. having come out of one manager and into another. So, you know, it is a wake-up call. It will also show Tuchel that don't look at the table and believe what you see all the can, time. Can we also mention the fact that we should have won that game? That if yeah. you look at the XG, if you look at the expected goals, we should have won that game. We had the chances. We, you know... Bloody Zuma had a could have had a hat trick. Yes, you know. Could. I mean, it's like we hit the post. You know, Alonso hit the post. Um, we we were in positions where we could have scored. We had a couple of really good opportunities, uh, particularly with Kovacic approaching the, the edge of the box. But we know he doesn't score goals. We should have won that game. You know, even when we were three one down, we should have won that game. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I watched it again this morning, and there were opportunities there that if we'd have been more ruthless and been a little bit more incisive, we would have won that game five four. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm literally not joking here. You know, I think we probably should have won that game. And our toothlessness up front and our ability to capitalise on chances came home to, to haunt us. You know, forget about the defensive errors. I mean, yeah, I mean, the first goal was an absolute nightmare. Um, you know, the ball over the ball over the top was an absolute nightmare, completely square. The second ball was Reese James's fault. Um, the third goal was, you know, was 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 a clown show. Um, the fourth goal were, I mean, you know, and I could go on. It, it was all errors at the back fact of the matter is we had enough chances moving forward to have got ourselves back in the game and to put them under pressure and put them on the back foot even if we had 10 men and we didn't so you know nothing went right at all in that game no I I agree and maybe it's better to have uh, for want of a better term a shit show with everything going wrong in one game than have one error in the next five games each (laughs) yeah you know what I mean get it done it will focus okay um something I just want to talk about and the stories have come out and this isn't gossip um it seems to be in every Better paper not be, Kerry. no it's not but the <laughs> the the arguments that have apparently happened right. and it's come out oh, in the all dressing the papers. rooms the dressing room stuff 
Yeah, you've got Cesar supposedly having a row with Reese, and then Rudiger and Kepa having to be separated yesterday at training. Mm. And apparently Tuchel had to send Rudiger indoors, which, let's face it, I, I'm not sure I'd want to tell Rudiger that, Oi, mate, you've got to go indoors. You're being a bit out of order here. Mm. Now, those stories don't get quashed. And sometimes they're quite good to hear because mm. there's two ways of looking at it. It's either trouble in the camp or it shows that they all care. Well, I, I think like it's the latter. the latter. Yeah. I think it's the latter. And, and that happens at every football club. You know, I just, maybe doesn't get um, reported as much because it happens all the time. You know, players go in too hard. I mean, by all accounts, the, you know, the... The, the the Rudiger Kepper thing was a tough challenge, wasn't it? You know, they, they, Kepper felt that Rudiger went in too hard on him, and that that happens all the time in football at every level. So I'm not concerned about that. You know, that's that's just players working hard and being passionate and getting angry and lashing out and you know caring. You know, if they sat in the in the uh, in the corner of the dressing room immediately after a game and you know stuck up some Instagram photos, I'd be you know I'd, I'd hate that even more than they started throwing stuff around. I mean, I want them to hurt. I want them to be cross. I want them to you know to react, um, and I want them to react before Wednesday when we play Porto. So you know, I haven't got a problem with that at all. No, neither have I. And if, for me also, Dave is kind of coaching Reese James as well. So I would think it's meant to say, look. This is what you have to do because Dave's incredibly experienced. I would be concerned if I heard that Reese James had had a go at Dave, if you know what I mean. I understand the older head having a, a word with the younger player. That's mm-hmm. that's part and parcel of it. And you're absolutely right. These things, these things always get reported when a team's just lost, like yeah, we did. Yeah. You know, I would imagine you every training session somebody's got up and pushed another player and. You know, every football yeah. match on every park pitch in the land that happens. So there's no reason why it wouldn't happen at, at the level here. So I think that it's, um, you know, it's 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 sort of a non-story really because because that stuff happens. Can we talk about yeah. Pulisic? I was just going to say um, Pulisic. Pulisic, this no. Is a, yeah, this is a, this is a, a real concern. For really me. is, isn't it? I mean, he yeah. didn't come out after half time because apparently felt his hamstrings. You know, what's going on here, Kerry? I mean, this can't go on, can it? No, and, and you're seeing exactly why, you know, people have been trying to cause problems and say, oh, he's not popular at the club, he's going to go, he's this. I've never thought that at all. I think the problem is they are trying to work out how to get him fit again. Uh, and you do worry that this might be a recurring hamstring that possibly needs an operation on, and that becomes really tricky. Look at what happened with Ross Barkley, how long he was out for when he had to operate on a hamstring. It can be a really worrying time so I I still maintain he is not in the team all the time because a he's not fit and b they don't want it to go again um ironically he he does it in a game like this and we don't know the extent of the hamstring injury um but he does it in a game like this where he didn't really have to do much running um because we just didn't provide him with the ball um but he did have that one burst to score the goal and again that shows his quick-witted and quick-thinking behaviour, we're going to miss it again. And I don't know how long he's going to be out for, but what do you do with a player who's got a recurring hamstring injury? It's well, a I think you fear for them is what you do. Um, yes. Because particularly with hamstrings, I mean, you look at some of the great players, the Michael Owens of the world, you know, they never really come back once that hamstring is, you know, once, they, once they're carrying their hamstring around in a pair of suitcases. You know, it's like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really ever 
repair itself from remember i can't think of a player with terrible hamstring injuries that's come back and and done that so i, you know, I don't know whether he's cooked or whether you know whether this is just something he needs to get through i don't know but I'm, I'm worried you know and frustrated a little bit i mean there's a touch of the iron robbins about him isn't it which is you know every little twinge and he pulls out you know he doesn't seem to be able to you know to play through it which is but look what happened with iron robin he went off he sort of had a fairly middling time at real madrid and then he pitched up at barcelona uh, at bayern munich and ended up being one of the you know one of the true greats of european football so you know it does happen i mean i was thinking yesterday i was watching danny ings play for southampton and I thought, here's a player that was totally cooked, that was completely written off, that went to Liverpool, that had years out. And look at him now. You know, he's banging them in. You know, he's a, you know, he's a player at 28 years old that, you know, could be looking at a move to a big club. You know, he's got a year left on his contract. And he was somebody that had terrible, terrible injury problems. So, you know, I, I guess I'm contradicting my, myself a little bit, you know, in, in looking at certain players and going, well, you know, maybe there's a period of, of, of pain that he has to go through, but he will come back stronger. Who knows? But what I do know is that he's not reliable. And you can't pick Christian Pulisic and expect him to finish 90 minutes at the moment. No, you can't. Um, you're looking at what's the best option? How many minutes can we get out of him today? And, and when you've got a key flair, you know, strike player who's there in a front three to score an assist, you know, it's not a good place to be to think, is this, is this player going to even complete a game? Yeah, and and the worry is also, we've seen him sort of come back into the side gradually over the last couple of months, and you just think, oh, it's just about to happen again. He's starting to look like his old self, and then for it to go again, I just fear that perhaps he's going to be missing most of the rest of this season now, and they'll be looking at, we've got to get him right for next year. I don't. Well, it's an opportunity for Callum Hudson-Odoi, isn't it? Yes, it is. Who hasn't really let us down? Um, no. you know, he's had some great games and some yeah, not so great, but he looks as though he's keen to learn. He looks as though he's got the right attitude. So we'll see how it develops. But Pulisic, make no mistake, if we can get him fit, he will turn into one of the great players in the Premier League. And I just hope we can sort him out and mm. not end up selling him to some other team abroad or whatever. And then go in five years' time when we play whoever that team is in the Champions League final, going, blimey, he's a player now, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, unless he misses a penalty like Iron Robin did, you know, and that, that would be good. <laughs> yes, let's not get to the penalty stage. Let him take one for us in the Champions League no, final. No, he missed the penalty in extra time, didn't he? Absolutely. No I, know, no, I know that, but I'm saying, let Pulisic not miss a penalty for us in a Champions League final. Let yeah. him take one for us. And and win, but yeah, that that was so. I mean, we saw him in the FA Cup final last year, didn't we? Pulisic, you know, set the world on fire in the first five minutes, scored a goal, and then went. You know, it's like just he was a sort of microcosm of what he's done, really, which is he can do something incredible, and then oh, my hamstring's gone, but better jog off, you know. And and I'm not even criticising the lad; it's just so frustrating and bewildering that you know you've got a player of this talent or this potential cannot finish a game at the moment. He does look concerned all the time when you watch him play. He's not got the same look about him. He's not before. taking players on. He's not, you know, he's a little bit when, when Callum came back from his, you know, terrible Achilles injury was that he couldn't, um, you know, he just couldn't trust himself to take players on or trust that injury to, to put the afterburners on. And Callum seems to be doing that now. He's got over that, that psychological hump and he's now playing with the same level of directness that we knew he was capable of. Pulisic needs to get there, but his body just doesn't seem to be letting him at the moment. 
No, it also reminds me of uh, when Damien Duff came back from injury. You know, remember after he mm. dislocated his shoulder and then he did it again? Yeah. And he never came, he always looked nervous when he used to skim players on the outside and go past them and think he stopped doing it. And I think once you see players stopping taking on other players, there's a concern. Um, it shows they're not right, and whether it's physically or mentally, who knows. But at the moment, it looks like it's probably both for, for Christian. So fingers crossed. He'll come come good. Um, right, look, we should just go to a quick commercial break and then we'll be back. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back. So uh, the, the last thing, unless you've got... Oh, well, no, there's actually a couple of things. Timo Werner. Um, now, I don't know what you thought, but when that ball came into him for Mason Mount's goal, did he look a little concerned and desperate to pass it to someone else to put in the net? I feel for that kid so much at the moment. Did you he see looked... what Tuchel had, had, had said to him before the game yes. in training? That he, 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 Werner wanted to go out and do some more um, finishing drills and, and, and shooting drills and, and Werner brought him in and, and, and sort of gave him a bit of a Swiss Tony chat, didn't he, really? Scoring goals is yes. a bit like making love to a beautiful woman type thing. Um, or words to that effect, and uh, yeah. some slightly bizarre Germanic uh, sort of sort of conversation with him about you know if you want to ask a woman out, you just need, I don't know some nonsense. But he it stopped. Was, it him. was a bit Cantonar and seagulls like. It was a bit, yeah. And then and and but he basically said to him, don't 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 keep doing it. Just just do it. Just just go out and and, and make it happen. Don't don't keep practicing it. Just just get over it and do it now. I don't know. Do you stop a player who wants to, you know, just get the muscle memory going from doing what they want to do, or do you try and take the psychological load off him by just saying you're going to be in the team, just go out there and finish? That was interesting. Um, that particular incident, yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess a more confident player would have taken that on. Um, but you know, it was another assist for Timo, and you've got it across to Mason, and you know, it was a, 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 as as um, effective as if he'd scored himself. So I think we have to give credit to him for having the foresight to see Mason and and do that. But yeah, I mean, it was a bit odd that he didn't shoot. If he'd have shot and missed, I think that you know <laughs> the world would have come crumbling down, wouldn't it? So yeah, uh, I agree. I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's clearly a player that's not quite right, is it? I mean, none of these players feel like they're going to be right before the end of this season. 
you know maybe no them, exactly you know and i think maybe. that you know Havertz and the three the three the three uh, the three new boys Havertz, Ziyech and, and and Werner none of them look 100% let's hope that they get you know a decent you know a decent opportunity to you know to play for their countries at the euros and 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 a, and a bit of a pre-season um that they can come back next season having had a transitional season and do what we've bought them for and what they're capable of yeah, I mean, on the Werner front, he is good at finding players to pass to. Uh, his assists now outweigh his goals. 11 assists, 10 goals. So I mean, that's know, not he, a terrible return. No, it's not. I mean, <laughs> so he's taken part in 21 goals. So yeah. that's something else. That's, that's I mean, my he's point. not a disaster. He's not a disaster like Chris Sutton was a disaster or Robert Fleck was a disaster or, to a degree, you know, Fernando Torres was a disaster. He's not, he's not a disaster. He's just someone that is not playing to their potential and looks a little bit... A, a little bit lacking in confidence. That's what he looks like. He's not at the level of those other players where you look at them and go, "Oh my word, Tony Cascarino, what have we bought here?" You know, it's it's uh, you know, it's a player that is assisting, is scoring goals, is is contributing, is affecting games. You know, it's just not doing it at the level we thought he would. No, I agree. It's 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 all concerning, but you know, we we move on, and where we move on to. Um, oh, the last point I would say. Do you think Thiago Silva will ever forget the name West Brom? Because he's had a mayor in both games against them, hasn't he? Well, they seem to be the you know the ultimate bogey team for us at the moment. Was it eight goals conceded or something in the two games yeah. we played against them? I mean, it's, it's insane. I know, and then they can't score against anyone else. They say well, it was it the first time they'd won at Stamford Bridge since the early seventies or something. I don't know the exact stat, but some, but something like that. You know, it's it's um, it's just in, it's just crazy. Yeah. Well, it's a crazy season. Um, But, okay, moving on. Um, The week ahead, Mm. uh, we have the Champions League uh, coming up on Wednesday. Porto away, isn't it? So that's, it's always good, I think, to get the away leg done first, Mm. especially at this level, um, because the crowd at Stamford Bridge will cheer us on. (laughs) Yeah, Um, well, it's always good to get an away goal under your belt if you can. That's the the thing. Yeah. how are you seeing this? You know, everyone. I, I'm slightly concerned because everyone goes, "Oh, this is a team everyone wanted," and you can't underestimate teams no. like this. You, nah. you really can't. It's, you can't. It's a, it's a big game for both teams. And yeah, got, they're no mugs. I mean, they're no. you know they're 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 a they're a you know very decent team, and they knocked Juventus out. Um, they are. You know, they're, they're, they're a good team. And I think we struggle against good teams, you know, not necessarily teams full of amazing individuals. We seem to be OK against that, you know, but teams that are well organised and well drilled and passionate and, and, and have a group ethic. And we, we seem to slightly struggle against that. And that's what Porto is. And I think that they'll come, you know, with, a, with an attitude that is nothing to lose nothing to lose um, and they'll just go out and play their football and they're a bit of an unknown quantity so who knows I'm certainly not uh, complacent about it at all and if you are you're, you're, you're being a little bit naive so no I think this is going to be a very good game but I think this thing that happened to us on Saturday uh, will be a, a wake-up call of epic proportions and I think we'll have a few players back Mason will clearly start I think in this one Thiago will have something to prove if he does start um, there'll be uh, you know potentially other players coming in uh, you know it's 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 an opportunity for us to continue the 
the um, the impressive football that we've that we've put in under Thomas Tuchel, and I'm sure he will have spent the period between Saturday and Wednesday figuring out what went wrong, making sure that the players understand what went wrong, and trying to get them back on track. Um, so no, I'm not complacent at all. But it's a winnable game, and and we should we should win. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see the team selection. Um, does Thiago Silva, with what's happened, actually cancel him out of the choices for 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 the Wednesday game? No. I don't know. And absolutely um, not. Absolutely not. You know, a player of his experience. I mean, you put that down to an abomination. You don't. You don't look at that and go, "Oh, well, let's you out the team." No, I just mean on on the fitness level, in the fact that he was meant to play an hour, oh, he ends up playing half an hour. Is he actually? Will they consider him fit enough to start the game? It's a good I, point. I, I, I think yes. I think they, I think they do. I think he has to start this game. I think you need you need experience at this level of European football. So I, I think I think he will start this game. Yeah, absolutely. Because so, he can't play the next game. No, that's right. So you would think then it would be him and Rudy. I would have thought. Um, that yeah, well, be... we didn't discuss Zuma, did we? But um, yeah, I think it will be him and Rudy. Zuma didn't have a good game against uh, against West Brom no. at all. No, he didn't. Um, but I think he he just got caught. Like so many players, it was one of those games. None of them were quite right from the start, and it just got worse. So, but I I think it'll be Rudiger, and I'll be interested to see whether he. I, I get what you're saying. Probably it will be Silver. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's Christensen and Rudiger. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll, I think we'll the, fitness, the fitness thing is a, is a good call. I, I just think he might. I think he'll go with the with the experience in this game. Yeah, and knowing that if something doesn't work out, he can always bring Christensen on. Yeah, I mean, um, I think you know, as you say, he can't play in the next league game, so you might as well play in this one. That's my view. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll see. Again, it'd be fascinating to see what he does up front. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays Havertz in that nine again. It does look as though Tammy at this moment in time is not in favour and Giroud seems to be a player that he picks now and then. I, I don't know. How do you see that? That's a really fascinating place at the moment. I think he might play Havertz. And I think because the Pulisic situation means that we're now lacking with someone on the left, I think he might play Werner out on the left again um, to, to cover for Pulisic. So I think he might go... Um, either Ziyech, Havertz, Werner, or Callum Hudson Odoi, and and Havertz or Werner. But you know that, that he could play Giroud in the middle as well as a target man. I don't know enough about Porto to 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 be able to comment really with any authority. I haven't really watched them. I don't know what they're like. Whether you need to have a target man up front, whether they sit deep, whether they bomb forward. I don't know any of this stuff. It's just guesswork really. But you'd think that Werner would play on the left because you haven't got Pulisic. Yeah, I, I think. He will be looking at playing Havertz through the middle as a more mobile centre forward. That that's my my yeah, take on it. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah, and also, I, I have to say we do have a player for me who has really not come good this year, and it's more because he's become a victim of circumstance. And what happened to him against West Brom kind of summed his season up. That here he goes a game trying to get into form. And he ends up having to be sub because we lose a man. Hakim Ziyech, I, I feel so sorry for him because he's it's such a stop-start season for mm. him. And let's not forget, he didn't play for months before this season because of the Eredivisie was was uh, shut down early. Mm. 
So he hadn't had any football. Then he gets that injury against Brighton. And his season has just not got going, has it? Um, no, it's funny, actually. It was a really funny game against West Brom because he was pretty dreadful on the ball. I mean, there was one moment, yeah, wasn't was. there, after the after Thiago Silva's first yellow card, they had a free kick, which they put into the wall and we broke. And the ball came to midfield and Ziyech had, I think, Werner out on, his, on, on the right-hand side running ahead of him and he just shanked it. And, yeah. and it was just, what's going on there, you know? And then there were other moments in the brief time that he was on the pitch where he put in two incredible balls, you know, that were just, you know, amazing. One with the outside of his foot that, that you know, could have found someone. Um, you know, two, two amazing balls. And you think, wow, from, from that, you know, right-hand side, he looks unbelievably dangerous. Um, so, yeah, you just think there's something there. We just need to to, to nurture it and, and and get it out. But yeah, it's oh, yeah, I agree with you. I think he's he's had a really torrid time, and hopefully we can find a way to accommodate him in this team that plays to his strengths, which is putting in balls from the right hand side that people can get on the end of. Yeah, I, I just think this COVID season has not really helped any of our signings very much. I think they've all suffered with various issues. Um, and yeah, roll on getting some football fans back in a in a ground because I think that would make a hell of a difference. I do I think, as well. I think all those players would would get some support, even when it's bad. You know, it it takes a long time or a fair while for mm. for for fans to turn on you. Um, and I think all of them would have been cheered through this whole season oh, in I a don't way know. that. No, I mean all the new players. I'm I don't know, about. mate. Do, do, who no, do you think I don't have? know. I don't think Ziyech would have done. No, at all. I think he would have. He would have suffered first season Jorginho um, issues. I don't think people would have booed him. I don't think they would have. I don't think they would have necessarily, uh, you know, vocalised their hate. But I think it would have been a bit first season back Yoko. You know, I think that people people are intolerant at Stamford Bridge, and we know that. And to you know to think that the fans at Stamford Bridge would have got behind the new boys, I think a little, I think that's a stretch, mate. Maybe I don't know. I've forgotten what it's like at football. Well, you I know what it's like. It's, I mean, the, the, I, the, I think anymore. a lot of fans would have done. I would have done. You would have done. You know, I think we 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 support whoever's playing in blue. We don't like caning individual players, but we know that there's a sort of football fan. I'm not going to say Chelsea fan because it's every fan, every football fan, every football team has them. There's a there's an intolerant you know level of fandom that basically says you're being paid all this money. Why aren't you incredible? You know, and it's like you know they 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 just get frustrated. A lot of it's frustration rather than hatred and they vocalise it and it's palpable in the ground. You know, we are not, we are not a fan base that supports our players through thick and thin. You know, we, we just aren't, you know, and I don't think there probably are many fan bases now because of the rise, like, you know, video games and FIFA and, and, uh, and, and TV coverage where we expect these players to be robots and, and they're not, you know, so I think the idea that having fans in the ground would have given those players a lift I, I don't know if I buy that <laughs> okay well we'll we'll hopefully find out next season with, but I think I, there would have been a passion in the ground and I think there would have been an energy in the ground particularly during the period when we were winning games you know that 14 game run before the West Brom game I think that would have been a building passion that would would have would have motivated the players generally I don't know about individual players but I think people would have been excited about what we were doing and excited about the football after the you know the shock of the Frank Lampard exit you know and and the sort of 
period of grief and mourning after that that you know maybe sort of 10 9 or 10 games you know in into that run i think there would have been a real sense of of um you know of of, of energy in the ground and that would have been a good thing yeah no it's it's interesting I, it, don't you think it's still it just rankles with me that we've got new players that we've never seen play in mm. the flesh no, it's, it's so weird you know i mean yeah maybe well, we'll get in for the last game of the season who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? It's it's all in the lap of the gods. So the, the oh, FA Cup semi and the FA Cup final, there's going to be fans in, but it won't be us, apparently. Yeah, that's right. They're going to be like uh, NHS workers and people like that. Yeah. For the semi, I think the final, they're going to allow fans from both sides. Are they? Right. Yeah. That, that's Well, I think it's definitely the City-Spurs final. Yeah, and then then the FA Cup one. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. But um, all right, what's your prediction for Porto then? I think it'll be a draw. I think I think it'll be one-one, and I think we'll get an away goal. Okay, uh, I'm going for a very very tense affair. I'm going two-one Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah, two and away then, goals. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, ju- I just feel as I've got to say something positive. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's such an unknown quantity to me. I'm sure there's people out there who are Portuguese football experts. You know, who watch them on dodgy streams all the time, and will come back and tell us all about them. But you know, we don't get a lot of access to Portuguese football. So you know, I, I honestly don't know. It's a massive shot in the dark, isn't it? Yeah. So we'll just have to see what happens on Wednesday. Um, now, the other thing is that then on the weekend, we've got a nasty old game and they will probably be licking their lips at what happened with West Brom. Palace away. Now, that can be a bit of a bogey place as well for us, can't it? Yeah, it's the late... Well, not the late game. It's the next to late game on the Saturday, isn't it? The, the tea yeah. time game, the, the 5.30 UK time, um, which I quite like, actually. I think that's fine. I'd rather that than the early game. Uh, which we seem to have played a lot of. Um, Crystal Palace are a massive bogey team for us. Yeah. They have been in recent seasons. Um, you know, they're playing okay under uh, under Roy at the moment. Um, they've they're okay. I mean, again, they're you know one of those teams that you know that that can hurt you if you go in there sort of complacently, which we certainly did against West Brom. If we if we go in with that level of attitude that we did against West Brom, then you know it's going to be all bets off. If we go in there completely well set up and with a plan and we execute that plan and we play to our ability, it should be a fairly comfortable win. All these games should be comfortable wins. So, you know, you'd assume that by then we would have learnt our lesson and we will go into that game with a, a much better attitude. Hopefully Kante will be back. Yeah, well, that's this is everything will be revealed this week. If we don't see Kante at some point this week, then I fear for the rest of the season is honestly what I think. We need him. I think he's important. All right, your prediction for Palace? Well, I think we should win that comfortably, so I'm going to say 2-0. Well, okay. I'll go for I'm going to go for another 2-1. There we go. 2-2-1s. Two, two I'll be okay. happy with that. Mm. I'll be happy with any of our predictions, really. Right. Well, that's it. We're about out of time, Andy. How can people get in contact with us? 
Uh, well, if they want to contact us on or, or follow us on social media, on Twitter, we are at Chelsea Podcast. Uh, you can follow me on at Mr. A Saunders. You can follow Kerry on at Kerry Levy, which is C-E-R-I-L-E-V-Y, Kerry Levy. Uh, on Instagram, it's at The Chelsea Podcast. Uh, I am at One True Saunders, and you are Kerry Levy One. That's it. That's all the info you need brilliant all right andy well look it's good to catch up with you it's been a strange couple of weeks without talking football with you Mm. um yeah we will see how this week develops and yeah come on up the blues this is a playback media production get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.